Hi, everyone. Before we get to the episode, we want to take a moment to address the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the legal right to have a safe and legal abortion. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. This decision could also lead to the loss of other rights. To learn more about what you can do to help, go to podvoices.help. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word. The link to podvoices.help will be in the details of this episode. Hey, y'all, I just wanted to tell you about a conference that you might want to be a part of. It's called Baja Con, and it's going to be August 26th through 28th. It's going to be right on the edge in Sarnia, Ontario, Canada, and Port Huron, Michigan. And it's going to have some of your favorite speakers, Seth Andrews, Dan Barker, Annie Laurie Gaylor, our own Dave Warnock, Josh Bowen, um, Himmet Meta. So it's going to have a lot of people. And Baja stands for Blue Water Atheists, Humanists, an agnostics conference. So I'm going to put the details right in the description, but if you can go to that, I think you'll enjoy meeting a lot of people who are just like you. So Baja Khan, August 26th through 28th. Just go to Blue Water Aha for atheisthumanistagnostics.com. Hey, it's Deconversion Therapy. This is Karen. And I'm Bonnie. Are you? And we're going to do a letter so today, which means we're reading your ridiculous um, just stories of growing up in church or whatever relates to religion. And before that, we're going to say, hook us up with a review, girl. <laughs> G-U-R-L. That's right. And if there's multiple, put a Z at the end of that. Yeah. But find us on all the social media and stuff. But I was going to tell you about TikTok, Bonnie. Yeah. You might not have heard of it. Um, That's so funny. (laughs) What I was going to say is that I posted on TikTok because I came to this epiphany As I've been working through my own things with my body and my mind, that, you know, your body doesn't know the difference between good stimulus and bad stimulus. It -hmm. just gets that stimulus. And so growing up with religious trauma of spending 24 hours a day praying, reminding myself to pray, am I giving Jesus enough praise Uh, What do I need to repent of? What's going on in my thought life? Why are you laughing already? (laughs) Because, like, it used to be so real to us. Like, am I giving Jesus enough praise? I know. And it sounds ridiculous now. Like, why he need that? Um, And then, you know, oh, I'm being watched in the shower by Jesus. How does that build into my shame? I'm very confused. (laughs) But just all that adrenaline, oh, not to mention rapture, 
Jesus come in any yeah. second. Um, and then I realized that TikTok was mirroring those, those uh, not triggers, but the whole thing of you're scrolling and one you're laughing at, one you're mad at. And if yeah. you're a poster, you're like, oh, what am I going to post about today? And you walk through life going, ooh, that's a good one. When can mm-hmm. I post? Where should I sit to do it? Am I getting responses? So, like, it is mirroring this up and down emotional zippy zaps. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be on it less. Well, guess what? <laughs> I get on it less. Things go viral. I'm like, I, I didn't even know till I open it back up. Like, I have old videos that are mm-hmm. going viral. So all these people who are like, you need to post three times a day to do this and that. No, you don't. You need to ignore it. You need to let it <laughs> bake. And you need to not care as much. So then yesterday, people started sending me these weird texts. And I'm like, what are we talking about? Here? Right, right. <laughs> and found out that some big YouTuber person who's on TikTok also stitched one of our videos. Oh, you say our, but I know. Like, I'm you just made you just gave sent like electric shocks through my uh, wrists. I'm like, what? Uh, Was I in a video and didn't know it? I'm throwing. Yes, it's like Jesus watching you in the shower. I've been recording your videos, and then I do the mouth thing where you say right. things to me. Um, I also love the um, the self centeredness of Jesus watches me in the shower. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> He's got a lot of other shit to do, <laughs> but this is where he is. That's but the yes. channel he puts on. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Like just caring less about those things and taking care of yourself. Then the next thing you know, you've. Um, unknowingly manifested that you're stitched by a big creator and then you get followers. And so I am doing less of it, but I'll still be there. But I'll tell you, like, I I made a small video about Monica Lewinsky. And I I did not want to comment on that. (laughs) I saw a few... Things that I'm like, oh, you little shitbag commenter. And that gets my adrenaline going. Uh And I'm like, oh, let me snap back. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Don't need that. Mm -hmm. Let it go. Let it go, Karen. And and that's what we're here to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. And um, speaking of that, one of the TikToks that I saw just last night was the guy who um, the announcer says, are you a grown human? Yeah, here's a new idea. Let things, uh, like, let other people do things that don't affect you and mind your own business. <laughs> so it reminded me of, like, I don't need to read a comment. It is very hard. It is very uh, yeah. hard. Because if you follow us on social media, I try my hardest to respond to everyone so they know they're heard. So I am in that, that yeah. thing. And uh, with it comes the assholes, but... You're in it for altruistic reasons of like, I'm going to listen to our followers and and say things back. And then... I shouldn't. Fuckface McGee shows up. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> messing everything up. <sighs> well, let's read some of those fuck faces. Um, no, we're joking. Oh, and guess what? What makes me super happy? Now that we have a P.O. box, people are sending us stuff. So, oh, that's so cool. Anthrax, not welcome. Yes, I mean, <laughs> it's amazing. But Bonnie is writing sweet thank yous to people who send us things. But at the same time, it's like it's overwhelming. It's great. So you'll see some stuff on social media. Mm-hmm. The sock med. All right, you want me to read one? I do. It says, my story, as they all start out. Hello there. Hello. (laughs) A little about myself. I'm a cradle Catholic turned exile. What does that mean? Like from birth? Yeah, yeah. Grew up in that, that family. You cut, once you crown as a Catholic, (laughs) one, if you're a girl, those ears get pierced in the operating room. Do you know they can do that? And no. then you get you get given a little statue, the Virgin Mary, okay. as a rattle. Well, this person says, the following story took some time to write about because this happened during a time I wished to forget. Oh, so if it's not <laughs> well, now, oh, everyone's so, gonna remember. Yeah, it. Thanks. So if it's not funny, thanks. Feel free to not share my juvenile anguish, and you have my permission to make fun of my writing. But anyway, um, <laughs> that's funny. Um, Good Friday, eighth grade. I like it. That was brief and sets up the. the We've you got know, the tone. scene. It's okay, beautiful. Good Friday, eighth grade. The church is about to march the stations of the cross. What does that mean? They're going to walk around and look at a cross and, like, the burglars on the other side. <laughs> burglars? What? <laughs> oh, they were thieves, the, right? <laughs> the burglars. <laughs> oh, okay. The that burglar was on one side. Grimace was on the other. <laughs> Jesus and the burglars. It's going to be a new band. Okay. So, before those people burgled... Which I love. They uh, had on stripes. <laughs> <laughs> the, well, what um, are the marching of the crosses? So what they do is usually it's like um, in the fancier churches, they have the stations of the cross as um, what are the glass windows? Stained glass. And so like you go and you look at each wine and meditate or say whatever the doodly do's you look at stained glass windows you do because there are pictures in it of the stations of the cross or the scenes but they do why are they called stations because they're like little (laughs) soul no little soul filling stations okay but i made that up So they do it like outside so our neighborhood on Good Friday, different Catholics had posters. I guess they all worked in unison. And it was like station ones. So you could walk and like, I guess you're saying all your prayers as you get to them. Okay, well, oh, dear God, listen to this. This back to the letter. Sorry. <laughs> this is the 14 stations, 14 yeah. um, or remarkable events, beginning with Jesus's condemnation by Pilate and the Pharisees to his march that 
to that hill, to his crucifixion, to his burial. <laughs> to <Okay>. that hill. <laughs> <laughs> um, Catholics revere this in some form, whether it's along the walls of the church with idols commemorating each station or a procession. On Good Friday, our church elaborately marched through the surrounding neighborhood. The neighborhood? Oh, my God. Parishioners would carry a huge cross, a life-size statue of Jesus, and a transparent coffin. Okay. Yes. Let me tell you real quickly, though. Transparent coffin? They had a glass coffin like that on the movie of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band when the Bee Gees and Peter Frampton were playing the roles of the four Beatles. Okay. And my, and it was on repeat when I was a kid. And my grandmother from the other room would always yell to me, let me know when they're going to show that glass coffin. Because <laughs> <Why? laughs> the girl, her name was Strawberry Fields in the movie. When she died, they put her in a glass coffin. Oh my, God. my grandmother loved that. No wonder <laughs> so, you're messed up. I know. <laughs> so every time I was watching it. Let me know when they're going to show that glass. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so, um, all right, so they had a transparent coffin with Jesus in it. Okay. Life-size statue of Jesus in a transparent coffin. Flowers, etc., etc. Altar servers would accompany the priest and would dress in proper Sunday mass attire. White robe, which is technically called an alb. Like Jessica? Um, yeah, <laughs> um, that was me in eighth grade, an altar server with a bad case of diarrhea. <laughs> and, about, <laughs> and about to march the 14 stations of the cross along a few blocks surrounding the church wearing a full white alb, probably carrying a huge ass candle or something and had a stomach that did not feel so great. I resisted the urge to not let go of my bowels and embarrass myself before a crowd of hundreds, including the pastor, fellow altar servers, parishioners carrying heavy stuff resembling a dead Jesus and a crucifix, (laughs) other worshipers, Lutherans, because the church was nice enough to include them for some reason, the local police, my family, and a girl that I had a crush on. Why that last part is relevant, I do not know. For various reasons, it did not work out. Um, Did I succeed? Yes. How long was the procession? I do not remember. But the trip to the school bathroom felt long, despite the visit (laughs) to the more practical throne being factually short compared to that long march. (laughs) (laughs) So what's the parable of this tale? One, Catholics do love to go all out on some ceremony that leads to a guy being executed, including revering the symbol that is a torture machine. Two, middle school physiology sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for your time, and I hope that I did not make anyone sick by sharing this no longer forgotten tale. Uh, Uh, So, I am so glad your sphincter was, (laughs) you were just holding it tight. And, I mean, that's what they mean by keep yeah. it tight, I think. Um, and I'm Karen, glad you did. That's gross. <laughs> and if you uh-uh, think okay. about it, like, you're in the neighborhood yeah. prancing around. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Okay. I was I was always wondering if um, people 
like remember we would go sing in the malls occasionally. Oh, and those people like, love that. We <laughs> they it were up. thrilled. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so I always remember thinking, like, I hope my crush from school doesn't come by shopping <laughs> with his mom. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's that's why we became incestuous. We were just like, eh, right. let me just settle for someone in the group. <laughs> May as well date someone who understands this performance. Uh, uh, <laughs> All right. What else? What else okay, do you got? Okay, here's mine. Um, okay, this one's from Megan. Do you know in Australia they say Megan? I mean, talk about sinful behavior. Okay, this one is from Megan. Hey, y'all, love the podcast. I've binged all your episodes at work the past few months, and I just caught up to present day. Oh, Megan, Megan. So anyway, this is technically two story. Ooh, it's a two for two stories, mm-hmm. but they share a theme, so I figured I'd combine them. I was born in 1991, and growing up in a small Southern Baptist church in Texas in the 90s meant that we didn't have smartphones and iPads to keep us occupied during boring church. Man, do you what? Get- do people get to look at their phones now? <laughs> That's exactly. You know, I, our brains went to the same place. Like, oh my gosh, I will do that. I'm, wow, wow. Okay. Oh my uh, god, you could text each other in church now if you just turn your notifications off. Right. Oh my gosh. Oh no. The and the real you, holy ones absolutely have those in their purse. Oh, I'm sure they're like I'm turn sure. off their phones. Anyway, back to Megan. We had to get creative. One Sunday when I was six or seven, I asked my mom for some orange Tic Tacs. The orange (laughs) Tic Tacs. They were the best. They were church. Man, they were so tangy. My dad always had those in his car. And to this day, I have no idea what came over me, but I decided to put a Tic Tac in one of my nostrils. (laughs) I knew I knew Bonnie. She enjoys oh. a good physical gag. I think I wanted to see if it would fit. Why wouldn't it tiny tic tac? Megan was not bright when she was young. Don't tell her. My nose was a lot smaller back then, so it wasn't a sure thing. <laughs> sure, Megan. Sure. <laughs> Well, I'm sure you see where this is going. It got stuck. The more I tried to pry it out, the further Further. it went. I, of course, tried to blow it out. Oh, that happened to one of the people that we knew from church. They finally had to go to the doctor because they didn't tell their parents they put a peanut up there. And the doctor was like, cover this and blow it. It came out green. Okay. That also reminds me of the guy... At our Baptist University, who would run a piece of spaghetti through his nose oh, and pull shit. it out of his mouth and like, rah, rah, rah. oh god! And I loved it. Oh, see, <laughs> of course, see, Bonnie's yeah. all into. I'm over the side having diarrhea, like the other person. Right. <laughs> okay, um, okay. So they they didn't want to blow. Uh, 
I couldn't blow too hard because I didn't want to be loud. So as the panic set in, I realized that I'd have to tell my mom. So I, re- <laughs> so I reluctantly tapped her leg and whispered, <gasps> Mom, I got a Tic Tac stuck up my nose. <laughs> to which she, of course, replied, what? So I repeated myself and it tilted my little head back so she could oh, see it. Wow. Just the little head and then the orange Orange. <sighs> my mom gave me an irritated huff, grabbed my hand, and took me to the restroom where oh. she told me to hold the other nostril, closed and, and blow it as hard as I could. <laughs> I did, and the tic-tac immediately shot out of my nose and flew across <laughs> the bathroom. As I remember it, we looked, but we couldn't find it. Uh, uh, Even though it was orange. (laughs) Was it still? Okay. My second story takes place not long after that. I think I was around eight years old. Most Sundays, I sat with my parents in big church, occasionally with my best friend, one or two rows away. Oh, yeah, that short leash. But there was one Sunday that, for some reason, my parents allowed me to sit with my best friend, Anne, Mrs. Carly. Name has been changed to protect the innocent. This was a huge (laughs) deal because Ms. Carly was a super cool, beautiful woman in her late 20s who I idolize. She had an amazing singing voice, and I also liked to sing, so I was in awe of her. Plus, she had the super cool white Mustang convertible, and one time she took some of us girls out for a ride in it and got us some Slurpees at 7-Eleven. This is bringing back some memories for me, I will tell you. That's just super sweet. It is, and how you, like, thought that person who was actually super young was just it. You idolized them. In short, sitting with her was like sitting next to church royalty. So anyway, I don't remember why, but for some reason, my best friend and I had several glow bracelets and necklaces. Um, Yeah, Megan, it was from the raves you did the night before. (laughs) Child raves. (laughs) Like not hard glow sticks, but the skinny, flexible ones you can wear. And we also somehow had plastic beads. Well, I thought it would be really cool to put some beads on the glow jewelry. Oh, no. The only problem was that the glow jewelry tubes were too thick for the beads to fit. So, as I was an innovative (laughs) child, I thought I would try gently biting the end of the glow necklaces (laughs) to squish it. The only problem. Smaller so that I could put a bead on it. But the tubes Mm. were actually quite firm, and I had to bite pretty hard. Well, of course, the glow necklace popped, filling my mouth with neon chemicals. I remember that it tasted horrible. Yeah, that's called death, (laughs) as one would expect. But I also remember it feeling really warm. (laughs) Yeah, that's called death, too. Uh, I'm not sure if I had to get Ms. Carly's attention or not, but she saw me freaking out. She rushed me to the bathroom and helped me wash my mouth out. I remember her telling me to rinse and spit and to (laughs) not swallow. Moral of Mm -hmm. the story, I don't recommend biting glow jewelry for any reason, but if you end up getting some of the liquid in your mouth, it won't kill you. (laughs) It won't? Uh, (laughs) 
We don't know. Megan uh, is is from beyond the grave. <laughs> Megan, you tried your best to be cool. I understand that. I've done oh many gosh. of those things myself. Um, it doesn't work. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that peanut thing. I did that. Stuck the peanut up my nose. My mom was on the phone. I'm like, help, help. <laughs> you also did the thing where you licked the freezer and got your tongue stuck and your grandmother okay. had to call my mom. Okay. Let's just keep doing that. <laughs> and then there was that time. No, I'm the one that got my thumb stuck in the umbrella cover on the way to choir. My mom had to drop off one of the people and take me to the ER. Um, so, you know, we've always, that's what we do. We're always, that's what we do. it's called, does it fit? And that's <laughs> what we and do. And you lost kids. a shoe in Eckerd Drugstore. I remember <laughs> coming out of the drugstore, missing a shoe and being totally shocked. Like, I, it's like I didn't realize till I was out of the store. And then we couldn't find it in it. And to this day, I am perplexed what emotionally was going on. I don't know. Why, hello, Bonnie. Did you know that we have a shop for our book and product recommendations? Right on our website at deconversiontherapypodcast.com. And then you click on the book slash product recommendations you mean like our merch our irreverent merch no no we have another store just for recommended books like pure by linda klein about purity culture or my favorite sex comedy god by pete holmes and my favorite, Misquoting Jesus by Bart Aram, that played an instrumental part in shaking up my beliefs that I was indoctrinated in. Plus, we have some cornball and some favorite mm-hmm. products from Jesus bobbleheads for your car to some totally unrelated to the podcast things that we love also that give a peek into who we are in our personal lives. Little Easter eggs in there. On our website, we even included a non-Amazon bookstore link for people who want to support independent bookstores with the proceeds. So you can click on deconversiontherapypodcast.com, then go to book slash product recommendations, or click on the link in the details of this episode. I will read you another one. My God. Uh, Why, why, why do we all love sticking stuff up our noses? Oh, the same guy that um, could run the piece of pasta through his nose and out his mouth? Yeah. The first time he ever spoke to me was in class, and he was sitting in front of me, and he turned around, he goes, piece of gum? And I shook my head, no. Then he tried again, he went, piece of candy? I was like, no. (laughs) He turned around and went, piece of ass? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh! Oh, Oh, dear. Such foul language. (laughs) Okay, my story. As usual, your last podcast dislodged a few gems from my old memory bank. On the topic (laughs) Well, get ready, Karen. On the topic of creepy middle-aged men hanging out with the youth group and the name it and claim it theology, I have a story. 
When I was 19 to my early 20s, I went to a super cool heavy metal church. Yep, I really did. It was basically a youth group, but not a church with a band and really bad hair on the guys and the girls. Lots of late 80s to early 90s mullet mains for Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone in the church was in their barely early 20s. So when this very uncool middle-aged man started attending, it was awkward. Maybe he was someone's father. At least that's what I thought at the time. The super awkward and cringe thing about this 45-year-old man is that he was divorced. His wife had met another man, and she was now married to that man. He would share every week how he was believing the Lord to save his marriage or claiming his wife in the name of Jesus. That ship had really sailed, but he was not giving up. Ugh, so cringy. Um... Maybe you could do a whole episode on the 1990s super cool movement of heavy metal churches that emerged in Southern California after the band Striper started saving young heavy metal fans. <laughs> Our church was super cool. The pastor's wife had kissed the lead guitarist of the band Poison, C.C. DeVille, in a bathroom of a club in L.A. <laughs> See, that's, that's the kind of thing you sneak into a testimony. For church cred. You're getting... (laughs) Oh, my gosh. In a bathroom in a club of L.A. Oh, my goodness. Um, Luckily for her, she found Jesus and no longer would be found snogging rock stars. But she did have a really great story for women's Bible study. I was about to say. (laughs) Yeah. Can, you know, God is like, forgive and forget. So don't, don't talk about it. I want people who've done that stuff and then they just... They don't use it. Yeah. And so this is Evelyn, and she says, I would love to hear if anyone else out there attended one of these churches. I forget all this crazy shit until I listen to your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Like, sorry. Um, Thanks for helping me to laugh at the 25 years of my life that I laid down for the Lord. (laughs) We need letters. If you went to a church that at any time, day or night service involved a kitar, you have oh, to write in. What's just, a guitar? Remind me. The guitar, uh, piano things that they would oh, right, play. Right, right. Key, key. Okay. We need guitar things. <laughs> we need just the the fucking crazy ways that they would try to be cool and fit in with the world, and then get you there and say, "Don't fit in with the world." That's right, what right. I love. That's. We can still enjoy heavy metal music. It just doesn't God have, to gave have the it same to message. Us. That's right. God's the creator of everything, including the guitar. So we reclaim yep. it for Jesus, including <laughs> C.C. DeVille. <laughs> Thanks, you guys. Go check out some new merch designs and review us. And we love you and bless this mess and um, <laughs> stitching time. We'll save mine. (laughs) Oh my God. Bye. Bye.